You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 26 of the Amen Corner. He's Stephen Cook. And he's Brad Rothschild. And we're back. We're back. Happy Passover. Happy Passover. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter. Happy. Look, this is the trifecta for uh, the Abrahamic faith. It's exactly. Right? Ramadan Kareem. Yeah. Have a blessed Ramadan. So this is really like, this is it. God is in full effect today. Full effect. I feel it. I feel it. Do you, do you feel his, I his feel godly his presence? Super spiritual feel- right now. I'm being uplifted. Do you feel his godly presence or her Dude, godly presence? I feel I feel what's warm. The pro, what's the proper pronoun for God? I don't know. I mean, because traditionally it's he, but we know right. that. We know it's, I mean, yeah, is yeah. it even like a being? Is God like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Just, them? It, them? How about just Us? God? Just yeah. God. Well, God, yeah. Do you feel God's presence? Do you feel... The supreme being's presence. <laughs> I this, did. The holiest of all Sundays. I did until this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not to be blasphemous, but there are also four playoff basketball games on today. So this is a holy day. Lots of basketball on. I'm yeah. actually I'm I'm working because I was on vacation all last week. Uh, so this is not a holy day for you. And Nasty Nestor Cortez is on the mound for the Yankees today in Baltimore. I'm, I'm missing it all. I'm, I'm sticking the by holiest, the computer. The holiest of holy days. <laughs> Forget about being inscribed in the Book of Life on Yom Kippur. This is the day. It is. So we're, we're, we're up to, like, is this the third day of Passover? No, it's the second day. It's the second? Today's the second. So Friday when was night. the first day? Oh, Friday night was the first Seder. Friday night was the first Seder. Yesterday was the second Seder. We were still so yesterday was the first, the first day. day. Today is the second day. So, so but this last is, night was the second Seder. Right. Right. So so I'm just, yeah, I, I kind of missed that, the two Seders. Yeah. Yeah. Did you really miss them, though? I mean, did you really I, miss I did, them? we did not attend. Did I yes. miss them? Like, oh my God, I wish I was at a Seder rather than eating yeah. chili reunions and a beer and having a beer on Friday night um, in Winter Park, Colorado. Mm, definitely not. You're, you have ruined the sanctity of this holy day, I have to say. I'm <laughs> going to tell a dirty secret about myself, which is we no longer even do a second Seder. <gasps> yep. What? I, we made the unilateral decision that second satyrs are the definition of the word superfluous. The, <laughs> They're a big the letdown, right? Humongous letdown. I mean, there's so much, Passover there's is so actually much, a, a solid Jewish holiday. I look yes. forward to it, right? And there's it's so a much buildup. So, so much, much buildup build up to the first seder. And the especially since seder, I don't get Hanukkah gifts anymore, right? Because <laughs> you're not four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at least physically. And yeah, Passover rocks. It it really does. The Seder is a special thing. And I'm not joking and I'm not trying to make light of it. But the second Seder, when you have to basically do a replay of the first one with not as good food, right? Because it's leftovers. 
or you have to like scramble to come up with like a like what's your what's your back it's like meal? trying to recreate that awesome night yeah, at the bar exactly. or something like that it just right. doesn't the happen next day, the next right. day when you're already hung over and you feel too nauseous to drink again so yeah we've decided that we're putting all of our not Easter eggs, but all of our regular eggs into the one Seder basket. All right. All right. <laughs> and that's and we just okay. have one Seder. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% for that since we never did a second Seder. Well, you know, traditionally the in Israel, they, they only do one Seder. Right. Because the law was that if you were outside of the land of Israel, mm-hmm. you weren't necessarily sure right. which day the holiday fell. Right. That's right. So you do two just to make sure. So if we now, just do one, now we're well, like the like the Israelis. Like the, well, that's that's the thing. Now it's a good there's excuse. No question. There's no question as right. to when it falls. It's not you know we have advanced saber metrics right um, in baseball and in Passover. <laughs> so we know we know when it falls. But I have learned that there are still the rabbis will still give a reason for forcing you to have a second saber. What's that? And that is your punishment for not living. In the land of Israel, what's my punishment for eating chili rellenos, dude? You're I'm going to hell. I'm going to have to beat my chest on Yom Kippur really hard. Seriously, you're going to have to beg for atonement. So essentially, you're being penalized for not living within the confines of the land of Israel right. by making you have a second seder. So I'm calling bullshit on that, right? And we're not, and we don't do a second seder anymore. Do you know that? When when I lived in Jerusalem, it, it got rough, man. You can't couldn't have bread and whatever. And but the the rabbis had to issue some. You might remember this because you were there at the same time. They had to issue a some proclamation, some proclamation <laughs> saying, "Hey, listen, like matzah pasta is kind of undermining the whole spirit here because yeah. people are getting super creative with how to do the do the matzah." They but, still do that though. There's still like there's like kosher for Passover in air quotes. Right, right. bread, bread. I just was like, like, I just ignored the whole thing. Like, I was very happy to have Passover Seder with my cousins in near Tel Aviv. And then when I was back in Jerusalem, I'd just go to, you know, the, I'd I'd go to Arab villages. Yeah, I'd go to the Damascus Gate and get bread. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Israelis do. The other thing that Israelis do is they stock up on bread beforehand (laughs) and freeze it. Right. Uh, and even more intrepid are the people who just leave the country right. entirely <laughs> during Passover. And, and apparently today in Israel, the airport is beyond crowded because it's the first day there. It's still holiday here, but there it's not. Uh, uh, so it's, you know, it's so, so people are, are leaving. People oh, are getting they're getting the hell out of Dodge. Now that it's not the hall, it's you know the, the intermediate day, right, right? Right. So the airport is bustling and the lines are long and people are trying to get the hell out of the country. Dude, and I was and trying to get out. And bread in other places. It was so crazy a few there, weeks ago when I was trying to get out. Crazy. There are there are places where you can find bread in Israel yeah. and not just in Arab villages. Yeah, but that's true. Again, one of the dirty secrets of uh, of the, the Holy Zionist, Land of the Zionist enterprise exactly. is in the Holy Land. Uh, sure, you sure. can find where there's a will, there's a way. So, so yes, this is the holiest of uh, of days that we're that we're on right now. Okay. Do you have, yeah. I'm gonna have a chocolate bunny later. Bite the yeah. head off first. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Wait for Easter or for Passover? No, it's my Easter thing. 
You're not getting my, my a Cadbury, sister always has a Cadbury egg. Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. That thing. I'm sure we've talked about One this. Year. So, yeah, we've talked about this. So cloyingly sweet. I don't know it's if she like, still does it, but she used to grab one at the supermarket. It's, yeah, it's really an open never had one. of sugar. Uh, they're they're very sweet. Like yeah, I can feel my teeth already <laughs> like in pain just thinking about it. Speaking um, of pain. Yeah. What the F, man? There was what? There was two shootings yesterday. That's it? There are only two well, that two you know major, of. There was yeah. 10 people shot in Columbia, South Carolina. And then a bunch of people right. were shot in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, yeah. At an Airbnb, I, I saw right. that. At like a par- Airbnb party and, or something. And guess what? Nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change. <laughs> and the, the only reason why I know this is that I opened the front page of the Washington Post and they have like a little di- national digest that uh-huh. I glance at. I'm like, this is a pretty big deal. Well, you would think little Maybe tiny little like few sentences and so on and so forth. No, but I, I think – you know, when we were talking earlier, you know, the theme is everything's crazy. And no and one gives a shit. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Because if you look at what has been going on, and again, you and I, we, we are sensitive to the criticism of, you know, always being, always complaining about what's going on and harping on the negatives. But there's been a lot of, there have been more revelations this week about, um, well, just to give a couple of examples. Fill me in. I haven't been paying attention. I've been skiing. I don't um, pay attention to the world when I'm skiing. I'm so paying Jared Kushner. Oh, Jared Kushner. Apparently, in, in exchange for top secret uh, information, received two billion dollars from the Saudis. As a this is, and I hate to use this What's phrase it? that was so maligned, yeah. a quid pro quo. Okay, so wait a second. Hold on a second. He the last sold, I saw. The last yeah. I saw was that the Times had reported yeah. that the advisors, the Saudi advisors to the Saudis said, do not invest in Jared Kushner's fund. It's a clown show. And the Crown Prince overruled them and they invested $2 billion anyway. Okay. Okay. Now, I didn't so, hear about the quid pro quo. Yesterday. Uh, I was flying. Hold on. Yeah. Hold well, I on. actually wasn't flying. I was sitting while flying. Yesterday, MSNBC reported okay. that Jared Kushner's deal, that he made a deal with the Saudis. Okay. The Crown Prince. In exchange, with $2, million, $2 billion mm-hmm. um, in exchange for classified information. And, and he sold it. He so classified information. In the so Saudis. he gave the Saudis classified information, and they invested two billion in his fund. Yes, that is really That's, fucked up. Um, but again, and how is it? Uh, okay, so this is a huge story. I but it's not home, a huge story. No, no, no. It, it should yeah. be a huge story. Yeah. I have been home a little bit less than twenty four hours, so I've looked at the Sunday newspaper, the Sunday yeah. papers. Not there. Right? Not there. And I flipped on the news last night. And all I heard about was uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle going to visit the Queen in a secret meeting. I, I didn't even hear that. Portent- that's way more- potential royal rapprochement. I mean, this is big news, dude. But that's bigger than Jared Kushner, obviously. Right? I guess it is, since I'm just hearing about this now. Yes. And you would think that I would, I might get wind of this. 
You would think. Of course, but, I was you know, been doing that. Where's the media? And then here's the example number two. Okay. Utah Senator Mike Lee. I, I did, did hear about this. Did you hear about this one? Deeply involved in the this? in the coup in the coup plot. Push Sydney Powell. Push Sydney Powell. Then it's like, oh, maybe not. But that did not negate the fact that he was he's supposedly the sane one that he was pushing this idea of seeking avenues for the states to overturn the election. So, but nothing is going to happen. No, no. And, and nothing is going to happen to Jared Kushner. No. So what lessons are we to draw from this, Stephen? I think that there is no accountability. There's no rule of law. There is a rule of law, but it's for poor people. It's rule by law for poor people. (laughs) Right. But not where everybody is equal before the law. and if we're going to tacitly accept this as a society, then essentially we're saying that our democracy is done. That's the article that I sent to you while I was getting. Actually, I was paying I, I a little more attention than I'm letting on. I, I sent I it to you and you it. said, I won't read this because I can't. I'll go crazy. It was written I by Charlie Sykes, yeah. who has become a, 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 I don't know, he was a Republican. I don't know what you call him, right of center. Never Trump or political commentator who said, enough already. You have yeah. to charge Trump with crime. I mean, seriously. Seriously, like, what are they afraid of? Are they afraid of saying, like, well, if we do this, then when the Republicans retake whatever, the Senate and Congress and presidency, that they're going to do this. Guess what? They're, they're going, going to do, to do it, it anyway. anyway. They're going to do it anyway. They've said here, it. At least here, there are legitimate reasons right. to do so. There right. are crimes that have taken place. Right. Crimes have been committed. But they and are the people already- who committed them are not going to be when charged. When the Republicans take they're going to they're going to prosecute all the people in the January 6th committee, including Liz Cheney, especially Liz yeah. Cheney and Adam Kinziger. I there's no question. Are they afraid of violence? There's already political know. violence in this country. It's and it's going to happen anyway. Uh, look, you. This is a theme that we constantly harp right. on on this show, unfortunately. But nobody seems to be fucking listening. Right. This is a big problem. And then I don't know if you saw this. But here's another thing. Did you see what happened in Texas this week? Was this the truckers thing? Well, kind of. Well, no, no, this but, but was, the truckers yeah, rebelling against the governor. No. Well, no? The, the governor first right. decided that he was going to further slow down the supply chain issues by requiring every truck passing through the Mexican border to be inspected. Okay. Can he do that? <laughs> Two hundred and isn't the borders controlled by the federal government? Two hundred and forty million dollars worth of perishable food has now been uh, <laughs> he's destroyed, he's or, or has gone to waste. Think of all right? the things that Greg Abbott has done in like the last ten months that but have just been disastrous. But he's doing this to hurt Joe Biden, right? He is going to say. Look at the supply chain issues. Look right. at the price increases. Right. Look at inflation. Right. Right. Nobody wants to the, the, this current government to succeed. Right. No, no Republican does. Right. So they will sabotage it at every chance they get. And then ask for federal help. That's what they've done on COVID. Greg Abbott has lifted all co- you know reasonable well before this kind yeah. of lull in the in the in the history of the pandemic lifted all this stuff and then there were these crazy outbreaks and then requested federal help and it's probably got it and got it and sure he, of course he and got, got it. it because there are no consequences right 
Okay, so there are what? No so, consequences. So he did this on the border, but then didn't all these truckers say, "Screw you, well, you're an idiot." Well, eventually he had to relent, but not before two hundred and forty million dollars of produce went bad. Uh, pro, I mean, perishables, not just right. produce, but, right. but primarily, right. right? So all of these foodstuffs that were coming from Mexico, right, were were basically not allowed to enter into the market where they were going to be sold. All to all this, make sure that right. Biden is a one-term president right. and, and right. that they can paint him as being out of touch and being right. bad on the economy right. and being an unsuccessful president. Right. And guess what? It's all about party. It will resonate with their voters. Right. And the media helps them out every chance it gets. So the media hasn't pointed out the fact that Greg Abbott was less really well, interested in border security and more interested in the politics of border security making Biden look bad. Well, the media, again, like, what are we talking about? Fox News won't cover this. Well, of course not. I'm not right thinking. Fox News, but is, again, Fox News is but, not the media. Fox News is an arm of the right, right wing of the Republican Party, yeah, which is now the Republican that, Party. You know that, and I know that. Yet right. somehow, it's still Fox News still gets treated as if it's a real, reputable news right. outlet. Right. And is considered by many to be their sole source of information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the people who you and I want to be knowledgeable about this issue, they're not reading page 17 of the New York Times where this right. article is going to appear. Right, right. Because the, the, the main, quote unquote, mainstream media is not screaming about this stuff. They right. try to both sides these issues. Right. Right. And it doesn't work. And they're, again, I don't believe anymore that the media is just getting it wrong. That, that, that it's just not understanding the current situation. Right. There's got to be a reason for this. There's got to be a reason that everything in the media is makes Joe Biden look bad. That they are trying to look. Right. We've talked about this forever. The media wants a horse race, mm. right? right? They want sales, They want ratings. Ads. They they want ratings. ads. They right. want yep. whatever. They they need eyeballs, clicks. You right. name it. So they need to spice things up a little bit. Right. But at the same time, they don't call out the fascism that is that has emerged in this country. I know they, they use things like like how about that? Well, Paul Gosar once again participated in some fascist neo-Nazi thing, and they allow him to gaslight them and say, "Oh, yeah. we we were unaware." You know, Representative Gosar speaks to a lot of different groups and so on and so forth. Exactly. Clearly, there's a pattern here because they have called him out. So why can't why can't the media now say, rather than accepting that or saying his apparent participation, why don't they just say there's clearly a pattern here? Paul Gosar well, you, is a supporter of fascism in this country. Well, you tell me. Why doesn't the I don't media know. say this? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm, not, I'm that, not a journalist. That, I'm not an editor. Can it, be, can it be that corporate media is not as liberal as we'd like to believe it, that it is? I, I would venture... Like, that Just corporate media be, serves corporate interests? I mean, you know, without sounding like a communist like you, I think right. it, it, it is abundantly clear that at the very least, corporate media is very, very cautious when it comes to certain issues. Like fascism. I, I mean, I, it's inexplicable to me that at this point, that at this point, whether it's you know, the TV, the radio, the the print media are not, I mean, I, we're talking about, you know, like the major 
you know, papers of record and so on and so forth. Have not, you know, think about how long it took them to say that Donald Trump was lying. They, they didn't so long they couldn't use the word liar, liar, liar. They still don't. And again, January 6th, they still don't call it out for what it is. They still don't. January 6th. I mean, they use the word insurrection. Yeah, but they don't. I, I feel like it's almost lost its meaning at this point. Like they just have downplayed it to the point where it's like, well, Democrats uh, say sure. this and Republicans say I'm that. Not, and... No, I'm not really sure about that. I think that they use the term insurrection, but it's not. It's it. It hasn't been coupled necessarily with the broader narrative of an organized attempt to overthrow right, the to government. Stop it's still it's still used as like Trump riled up. Trump riled yeah. up his base, and that's what happened. Rather than um, this was Trump's intention, yeah, and the people around him intention in order to advance the plan, which is what I mean. Basically, they said, I mean, what Peter Navarro had said, I I believe, which is what we have a plan. We had a plan. Yeah. This was our plan. Well, well it was think all part about of the this. Plan. Think about this. You remember in our last episode, like two weeks ago, yeah. we talked about Ginny Thomas. You ever hear about her anymore? Two weeks later, what happened to Ginny Thomas? Right. Well, I mean, this is a a con. I see this. This is like the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry thing. Is that what was going on at the same time as the height of the Ginny Thomas thing was Will Smith. Oh, yeah. Endless discussion of Will Smith. Way more important. And Will Smith, we still talk about. Jenny Thomas, we're not talking about anymore. I mean, and then, you know what? These people know that they just need to ride it out and people will forget within right, two weeks. Right. And that's all they do. Nobody gets up and says, wow, I really made a mistake. Nobody says right. I'm resigning from my position right. You know, as a result of my lack of discretion. Like, nope, I'm just going to ride this out because two weeks from now, people are going to be staring at some other shiny <laughs> object and they will have forgotten that I even existed. Jim Jordan, for Jim example. Jordan. Jim Jordan, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> and what about uh, what's his face, the douchebag in Florida? Matt Gates. Matt Gates, like, come on. Matt what Gates. about the allegations? Sex trafficking. Against... <laughs> Jim Jordan, who turned these guys, who, who looked the other way when he was the assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State, right? And and the, it, the wrestlers were being abused by the coach or the doctor. Or, no, the, the, whoever it was, whoever it was, he, Jim Jordan knew, knew about it. He knew about it. But again, like Matt Gates. Last, it's a year right. since these allegations came right. out against him. Is he being charged with anything? Yeah. No. And you know who's laughing all the way home is Matt fucking Gates Matt because Gates. he knows that there's no he's accountability. He's fundraising off of it. He's fundraising Because he knows off. there's no accountability. Right. None. We're so done. Done. How does this country survive this? I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. How? I do not know. I do not know. Look, this is not unique it, to the United it, States. We know this. Well, it's part of a global trend. But the U.S. is the the leader of the world, right? And when this goes, when this is happening here, like, what signal does that send to the rest of the world? Look, I think that I think all of these things are le- the logical conclusion to which these things are leading is a kind of urbanization of the country. Should the Republicans win, which never they seem likely power. to do, right? And never lose, never power. lose power. So then what? So then we're living in a in country, illiberal, elected, illiberal, I mean, 
democracy? Like, yeah. it's not a democracy. It's not though. a democracy. See, so, you, and you, I know you're struggling trying I'm, to find the phrase. I'm trying to find the correct it's not a political science yeah. phrase. Right. But there isn't one. Right. It's, than, it's, a pro, it's procedurally would be democratic. But, but institutionally, an an, institutionally autocracy, right? Because in a minority rule, uh, and, which the the judiciary is in control of right. one party, one party controls but, the judiciary and the branches of government, and then right. with that, you could then extend your control over the media. That's precisely what's happened in these places, whether it's. Uh, whether it's Hungary or Turkey or any of these other places, or Russia, or and Russia, look, we have right. we have our own oligarchs here too, right? right. And that's the result of right. all of it. I mean, this is going to be a very uncomfortable place to live in the not too distant future. I, I think that's that's right. And again, people like you and me, like we're soon going to be all right. We'll be well, all right. I don't know. I mean, if you speak out, well, if you maybe. have any, I mean, I you know. Yeah. We may be forced to take the Amen corner into international waters, but the broader point is, is that if you, if anybody who has any kind of platform who speaks out, not necessarily the Amen corner, but right. who speaks out, it will be in the crosshairs Could of be. the authorities. That's and you, true, of course, you'll have people who will go with it. You will have, you know, you'll have Republican prosecutors at the local level who will go along with it because they have ambitions and this is the way the system is. And Stephen, so on and so forth. We'll have friends who will go along with it. I, we'll know people who will right, go along with it. Right. We right. will. That's just a fact. Right. Think so about again, all the, just think generally all the people who, you know, are – you hear endless stories. Oh, I don't talk to that person on Facebook because, yeah. you know, we had this fight on Facebook about, you know, some political issue. Politics, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly but, right. Okay. So, so for people, let's just say in our uh, demographic – Okay. Right? Maybe not you and I, because you know we do uh, have this little podcast where we espouse our radical uh, <laughs> views. But for people who we know, mm-hmm. right, who don't necessarily engage in this kind of discourse, and whose professions uh, are, you know, more, let's just say, you know, law, banking, medicine, you know, professions that are that are not political for the most part, they're just going to live their lives. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to paint such a broad brush. I, I do think that there are some people, I think part of the problem in the country, part of the urbanization of the United States has to do with public apathy. Like, I I, I have it pretty good. Everything's okay. And I got to take my yeah. kids to soccer practice yes. rather than protesting. I'm not saying that yeah. they necessarily will. And then there'll be people who will kind of embrace this stuff. Um, because, yeah, it'll work right. for them. Right, it'll work for them, and they'll make right. they'll be making money. And like right. you said, like you know, I'm doing okay. I don't want to rock the boat, and yeah, it's really horrible what's right. going the on. The basic and- depoliticization of a society, and the marginalization of and and criminalization of uh, of opposition voices. Absolutely, you can see that happening. This is going to happen here. Like, it's not a question of if now, it's a question of when. I will say that Democrats don't help themselves in this regard. No. Right? I mean, the circular firing squad that has become the Democratic Party is, and has always been the Democratic Party, but it's even worse, I think, uh, has made it very, very hard by turning voters off. But, yes and no. Like, how turned off do you have to be 
by a Democrat to go and vote for a fascist. I'm not saying I'm not saying that people aren't going to vote. I'm not saying people are going to go and vote for a fascist. You just think they won't vote. They won't vote. They won't vote. I do think people are whether you think it's crazy or not. I think people do react viscerally to the to the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which, you know, doesn't seem to live in reality. Um, and that that depoliticizes people too. say, so I don't want to associate with that. And I don't also don't want to associate with the Republicans. So they I think that on. that's a real phenomenon. I, I guess so. But I, I'm more frustrated with that phenomenon than you are, I think, because like to me, it's a false equivalence, equivalency. Right. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's the same thing. I, I think no, the I know fascism of the Republican the Party is extremely, no, no. extremely dangerous. But I do think that there are people who have become depoliticized because they think that the the excesses of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party is too much for them and they don't want to associate with it. I I get it. But that's what I'm saying is the false equivalency. Because if you say, you know, Ilhan Omar pisses me off so much that I'm not voting for any Democrat, then you clearly have a bias not to vote Democratic Democrat well, anyway. I, and you're right. also downplaying the danger from the right. other side. Right. So I'm saying like, I'd rather, so right. People aren't doing the cost benefit analysis yeah. well. What they're saying, you know, the, the, the cost of preventing fascism in this country is voting for someone like Ilan Omar. Right. We can deal with Ilan Omar at a later date, as long as we say preserve right. democracy. Because right. That, that should, but I don't, but I don't, I don't know how many people actually think that way in the kind of they, emotional. Yeah, not right. enough is it, the problem. Because politics like, is an emotional thing, right? If the squad bothers you as a Democrat so much that you're not going to vote, you're you're not paying attention to the fact I mean, that the squad really doesn't only, have a lot of power. Right, they only poll about <laughs> 7% support. But nationally. they don't really have a lot of power right. within the party. Right. Like what if they been, anger you so much, but like the fact that David Duke said that that Trump is like well, so that's know. I think that's I think that's the point is that what the Republicans have done and the Republican aligned media have done have made it seem as if the progressive wing of the party is the party is the party when it really right. isn't. And part of that is that the part of that is that the progressives and it's more than four people. I mean, the progressive the progressive caucus is bigger than four people. Yeah, obviously. no doubt. Is that they're very noisy and that they have done things that have helped to undermine Biden's agenda. Okay, but at the same time, the media is obsessed with them also because, for by and large, they're women of color, right? And the right. media can't handle that. The media's collective head explodes when right. women of color get uppity. Right. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is where we're heading. And I don't know how it ends. I don't, nobody knows how this ends. But right now, it feels like we're not doing enough to combat it. And... And it's frustrating. It's it really frustrating. frustrating. So maybe on this holy of holy days, we should pray. Ooh, if we if I thought that that would help, then I would do it. <laughs> if only that, eat it, more gefilte fish. That might be the only solution: is eating more gefilte fish. <laughs> and and I actually was even in synagogue this morning. Were you? Or not. I was that's because nice. I had to volunteer to be a greeter. Oh, that's nice. Door. So we are actually having of, Eastover dinner tonight. Oh, really? We're having Easter Sunday and Passover all together nice. with our friends. Nice. It'll be nice. Easter. Easter. Sounds like a leftover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. It's my first gefilte fish. I mean, so excited. Gefil- we have so much gefilte fish in this up in up in this bitch. You wouldn't <laughs> even believe it. <laughs> I'm jealous. 
<laughs> Lauren like yeah. found the jar that's been in the pantry. For like oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. That just makes it's like me a two year old. I know else. because I'm the only one who eats it. So like, well, I get fresh, right? <laughs> oh wait, I'm hearing the peanut gallery through the walls. Mia says she eats it. It's and oh, is it Maddie? Oh, Maddie's screaming us. Wow. She eats it. Wow. 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 People are getting up and Lots of people are all getting up on me as this, as this episode comes to an end. Wow. Like the Filterfish Wars of 2022. <laughs> I well, thought I, they were all at the supermarket. Anyway. Uh, you know what? I will invite your family here if they would like to partake in some Filterfish. Right. We've all got right. a lot. We may We've do it. different kinds. And um, yeah. Are there different kinds of good filter fish now? Are there like, is it like the different kinds of, of hummus? No, no, is no. Is there no. like, uh, oh, yeah, they're know. actually, yeah, there's chocolate to filter fish. No, they're, they make it, sun dried couple, tomato gefilte Yeah, fish. exactly. White no, they, bean gefilte fish. They make it with different kinds of fish sometimes. Oh, really? And then, you know, isn't and that then, just called like a salmon croquette? That's something else. Oh, uh, okay. And then, there are different recipes like you know depending on where right. in the pale of settlement you right. came from right. you either prepared right. it sweet or peppery peppery or, peppery you know it depends where you're from right so they have different variations on that thing and of course there's the frozen kind that you make versus the jar the the jar. frozen kind beats the jar and the jar is gross oh i can't wait to like Clear the, the jars off of it. I, I, no, that's all nasty. That, that so is good. why gefilte fish gets a bad name because of the jar. And I feel like you're only perpetuating that <laughs> by by advocating mm, on its jelly. behalf. Ugh. Just pull that piece out of the jelly. Yo. All right. Dip that shit in some matzah, and you're gonna <laughs> good to uh, go. It's all bad. That's all right. All bad. Okay. I think, uh, we've we've run we've run our course here. All right, happy Easter, happy Passover. Happy ha- Easter, have a blessed happy Ramadan. Ra- Ramadan Kareem, and uh, we'll see everybody again next week, inshallah. Inshallah. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.